Welcome to this week's episode of the It's Utah's World podcast. Tom Hackett alongside Michelle Bodker, not Steve Bartle. No, we sacked him. He's uh, He went to Greece and he's not, he's not coming back. Michelle Bodkin, the uh, the Utah Ute inside of KSL Sports. Check her out at Bodkin. Come on, help me out. <laughs> KSL Sports. I was I, asked <laughs> I was asked my new handle and I totally spaced it the other week. Really? I had no idea what it was. Yeah. So uh I had it pulled up and everything. Yeah. Bodkin KSL Sports. There you go. Go check <laughs> her out. She's pretty new to uh to KSL Sports, which is very exciting. But for all you Utah junkies, it's where you'll get the, the most up-to-date news regarding Utah athletics. Hey, big shout-out to Nate Waite Subaru, 1207 South Main Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from downtown Salt Lake City. We do love and appreciate them greatly. Uh, we don't know how much longer they'll be on board. Uh, for reasons that we'll, suge- we'll, we'll, we'll talk about on this podcast. But for now, we love them. There's a reason you see so many Subarus on the road in, in Utah, and, um, and that's where they come from. So, Anywho, Michelle, before we get into it, how's the first? how long have you been with KSL Sports now? Uh, we're pushing up on two months. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Time flies. I know, it does. And you've been busy. Yeah, I I mean, not as busy as if I had started in the fall, which thank goodness I right. did not. That probably would have been a little too much, but right in the thick of spring ball and gymnastics finals and, and some of that kind of stuff. And now it's a little bit more of a slower period. So now I can hopefully like actually figure out like a rhythm. Like we're, some routine? Some routine. Uh, it's it's still a work in progress, but we're getting there and we're trying some new things out. So it's been a lot of fun. Nice. Well, let's, let's I guess, talk about that a little bit because I think a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are obviously big Utah football fans. Um, and I've, I've strayed from, from covering the basketball, men's and women's, the gymnastics. I just don't know enough. I, I barely know enough about football to cover football. Uh, but no, no, no way can I cover you. You're doing all of it, aren't you? Like all the, all the Utah athletic stuff you're covering. I, I'm trying my best. Uh, there's obviously things that I don't know. I, like you, I've been away from basketball for a little while. I came from Ute Zone, uh, and we have like, five billion people that work there. So I no longer had to cover basketball anymore. So I was primarily doing football and gymnastics. So a little more familiar and comfortable with those two sports, everything else I'm going to have to get, get back into and or learn. Uh, But I mean, it's a great opportunity. And I've said I've wanted to be more involved. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, And you caught up with Andre Lewis, I saw not that that long ago. Let's let's go back to like when he first started some of the projects you've you've undertaken because you've been you've been really busy. I wasn't joking early when I said that you it seems like every time I get on social media or, you know, there are fans interacting with your posts and and it's all Utah stuff and, and you're speaking to a bunch of people. How is Andre firstly? Uh he's doing well. It's I I he's like one of the first people that I kind of connected to when I started covering Utah athletics or Utah football. Uh, he he was new there. I was new there. Um, and so, I don't know. We've just been friends for a long time. He hasn't been back in a long time. He, this is like the first time in six years he's been back in Salt Lake and hanging out with the team and, and just doing some fun things to kind of celebrate Salt Lake City and his time here uh, with his podcast show, So What Do You Do? 
And uh, I think he was he was in real estate for a while too. Is he still doing that? No, no. Uh, so he he's had his hands in a lot of different things since he stopped playing football. Right. He tried coaching. He tried personal training. Wow. Uh, like you said, real estate, and then he finally decided to kind of go into business on his own. And like I said, just came up with this concept that really celebrates uh, like small businesses, entrepreneurs, people that are very passionate about what they do. It could even be something more normal. He's interviewed me before, and it's just celebrating people that have a passion and they go for it and they're really aggressive with it. And just, I think, helping to give other people advice as far as pursuing the same sort of thing for themselves. Uh, And so it's it's a neat little project. And like I said, he decided to come out here. He did some stuff with Utah football over uh, the spring game. And uh, he also did uh, an interview with the Park Cafe. So, like I said, showing some love to Salt Lake, showing some love to the Utes and his his time here. So, uh, another friend of Al's that was also around during the uh, the spring game was 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 Kenneth Gooby Scott, mm-hmm. that man himself. You yeah. were hanging out with. Uh, with with Gooby, so uh, so how was that? What was he in town for? I th- he I um I think and don't quote me on this. Don't shoot the messenger. But I I think he's he's contemplating a coaching career because I I was up at Utah football however many months ago I can't quite remember, and I reckon I saw him out there kind of yeah. getting his toes wet trying to figure out if he was thinking about. It. Is that was that why he was out here or does he just love Salt Lake City? Uh, so I think the, the thing you were talking about beforehand, that, that was him kind of investigating coaching. He, he hit me up. He actually hit me up and he's like, Hey, like I want to get into coaching. I'm like, well, I'm probably not the person you should talk to. Uh, but I was like, what do you need from me? And he's like, I don't know. I just don't know how to go about it. I was like, well, have you talked to your coaches? (laughs) Like, uh, that might be a good first step. Uh-huh. So so he hit up Coach Witt, and he comes back to me, and he says, Coach Witt had no idea I even wanted to coach. I'm like, well, that's why you got to talk to people. <laughs> like, like, people don't know that you want to do something unless you ask. Right. So, so we came out uh, for like a week of fall camp, I think, to yeah. just kind of observe the process and see what it's like. He's also been heavily involved in... Uh, he was with Mike Evans' seven-on-seven league. Uh, he decided not to do it this year, but I think he's going to end up doing it again because he told me that uh, his little daughter, Brooklyn, uh, was was wondering when they were going to go to football. So he's like, I quit so that I'd have more time to spend with her. <laughs> and she uh, apparently liked it, liked being out there with me. So... So he's, uh, I think, going to get back into that 7-on-7 thing. He actually was out here recent, more recently, I think in like April, uh, for a 7-on-7 tournament nice. that uh, Wise Columba, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, he was also a former Ute, uh, but he's involved with that. And so like just trying to get, get back into the swing of things and then... He he was like, I forgot how much I loved Utah, how much I loved Salt Lake. So then he made plans to come out for the spring game as well. Nice. So. Well, it's a beautiful city. It is a beautiful Wonderful city. city. Um, so so let's let's dive into 2022 Utah. Uh, you've been covering the team how long now? What what year is this for you? This is nine years for oh, me. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's, uh, <laughs> that that's cool. That that really is cool. Um. 
And this year is probably unique, just given the way last year ended with, with that narrow Rose Bowl loss. Um, and you, you went through spring ball. You were finally like, – it was halfway through spring camp. They started to allow the media back. Yeah. They, I, yeah, they had actually like let us see some things, not a ton of stuff, but I think enough to kind of get an idea of where the team's at. Uh-huh. Uh, I think there's I think there's reason to be really optimistic about what this team can do, uh, mostly because they're returning a lot of that same talent. There, I mean, there's obviously guys that are not going to be there. The big ones, Devin Lloyd, but you know, I, Utah's always kind of had this, and you know this next man up mentality. So you know they're going to figure out how to fill those holes and just move on. Yeah. So what, what do you look? What position groups in particular are, are kind of pegging your interest entering entering full camp? Is there any in particular? I assume linebackers probably got to be one, given that. Both starting linebackers from a year ago and are no longer there. And anybody else offensively that comes to mind? Mm, on the offensive side of the ball, the crazy thing is, is they're so set, and that's such a different. Oh, it's crazy feeling than what I'm used to. Because yeah. for so long, the questions were always, always, always on the offensive side of the ball, and most specifically, who's going to be quarterback. Right. And so. To have a guy come back and you feel good about him and he's solid like Cam Rising, it's it's just a different thing for Utah football. It's very, very different. It's very different hearing national pundits talking about, ooh, how good this offense is going to be. Because it's always been the defense. And, and, and that's not saying that the defense isn't going to be good, too. I think they will be. I think they'll actually be a little improved from last year because everybody's a little older and wiser. Right. They've seen some things now. Uh, but it's just so interesting that all the excitement really is kind of around that offense. That's it. it's, it's fun, and it's unique, and we'll see if they can live up to the expectation. It was a couple of years ago, I remember, uh, a lot of the talk around town locally was about the, the prolific or hopeful prolific offense that Utah was going to gonna have, and then, and then it kind of went back to its running game, and they weren't throwing it as much as, as the fans were expecting, but they still had a, another good season, and I think we'll, 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 we'll see what, what's obviously in store in 2022. As I think off the top of my head, they lost Britton Covey, who mm-hmm. is maybe more, more important of a loss than people realize, obviously talented player, yeah, uh, but also a locker room guy, mm-hmm. and when anytime you lose that presence in the locker room, it's going to take a minute to... To allow other people to kind of try at least take over that role. So, so that's a loss. Yeah. Uh, and then there are a few offensive linemen, right? Last year they started slow on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the guys that are coming back, the Keaton Bills of the world and all that, that are going to be fighting for playing time. They've had experience, which mm-hmm. I also think is quite rare for Utah offensively. Is You lose a couple offensive linemen, which is inevitable almost every year. But the guys that are coming in have played. Yeah. You know, a lot of the guys normally that come in are, are, are rookies that really have no experience at all, which is kind of a daunting task. But it just seems like all the pieces to the puzzle are coming together for Utah. Yeah, I think they're finally starting to figure some things out. Uh, the, the offensive line thing, I think people really are quick to forget that Coach Harding had kind of a hell of a time right. for, for a while there because – he actually brought in some really great talent, but then they all medically retired. Uh, and so then you're left scrambling to just find the best available players that you possibly can. And so, yeah, okay, the offensive line maybe did underperform, but I, there was a pretty good reason for that. You, you'd never expect, you know, to lose as many guys as they ended up 
losing to to injuries that they just couldn't overcome. So, you know, it was it took them a while, I think, to recover from that. And it and again, this is another one of those crazy things all throughout spring ball. Coach Witt's talking about being 10, 12 deep in the offensive line. And so it's it's really a matter for them, at least according to them, that just finding the five best and then who the five next best are going to be in case, you know, there is an injury here or two. Right. So. Yeah. No, it's 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 fascinating because back when I was around, it was not that way. You know, no, the offense it wasn't. was always. And I I lived with Travis Wilson, and you know that was that was interesting at times. Many uh many a photos on the wall were broken due to frustration, and the the offense just wasn't. It was okay, but it wasn't great. You yeah. know, it was serviceable, I guess. But yeah, it got the job done, right. but it wasn't anything to ever write home about. When was the last time Utah started a year? in the top 10 nationally from a rankings has it ever happened michelle not to put you on the spot here but i i can't quite remember a time i've only been here 10 years yeah. so uh but they, 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 they're gonna they're gonna probably start the season top 10 rank i, I it's kind of looking that way i don't think they've ever been top 10 and in fact i think it was actually quite recently that they were in the top 25 yeah period uh, to start the season, uh, which is crazy because you look at Utah's history, they've been sneaky good for a long, long time. And how how a team like that can never start in the top 25, but always manages to end in the top 25, like you would think that people would start figuring that out and maybe putting them in the top 25 to start. So that was kind of a big thing. And I want to say that was maybe like 2019 was like the first time they had ever actually started in the top wow. 25. So, I mean, like very, very recently that they've even gone that respect. Uh, and so now, you know, talking about them potentially being top 10 within the top 25 is crazy. But you get that kind of respect. You, you've got to keep it, though. Like, so, I mean, great if they start start in the top 10, but do do they stay in the top ten right. or move up right. throughout the season? And that's going to be very interesting to watch. Have you had a chance to think about what what may happen in twenty twenty two? Have you have you got your big picture crystal ball out yet? And you've got a projection. Do you think they <laughs> do you think they better the Rose Bowl? I guess is probably the one question a lot of fans are are wondering. I think I think there's an expectation they go back to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. But can they better that by going to the college football playoff and being a top four team? I know that they're speaking it into existence in the building. They feel like they can do that. They feel like they have that capability. Uh, and that that's a very interesting thing. So I've been around this program. I've covered it for nine years, but then there was the three years that I was in college as well. And like just would see guys around and kind of observe things just as a student and uh, I don't think I've ever seen as much confidence and swagger in that building as I'm seeing right now. It's like it's really, really crazy. But I mean, it stands to reason, too. They had to go through probably one of the most difficult things anybody could ever go through. And they came out on top of that. So how could you not feel good about your ability, uh, you know, making it through two deaths and still Ticking, checking some boxes off that have been evading evading you for a while. Mm. Uh, I, I 
I don't know how you're not confident. Like so, so it's not surprising that that they feel like they feel like they can do that. I mean, I I try to be very careful with my expectations. I think. I honestly think they probably should be able to repeat and go to the Rose Bowl, but if they go to the playoff, I think that's a bonus. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's probably the realistic approach to take. Yeah, it's the first Rose Bowl they've ever been to, for crying out loud. Mm -hmm. And so to think that they're going to better that immediately, I think, is maybe a bit optimistic. But, uh, hey, we're here for it. You know, drink (laughs) Kool-Aid. We'll know pretty soon, too, right? So first game, Florida at Florida in the swamp. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Florida, not pegged to be quite as good as Utah, but look, they're an SEC team. They've won national titles in the past. It's a storied program, and they're solid, uh, and you know they've got good athletes. So, you, you know, Utah fans out there that do think Utah's the real deal will learn right off the bat, essentially, as to whether or not they'll be uh, they'll be up to the task. So it'll be fun. Hey, with that said, we're going to take our one and only time out on the program. Uh, when we come back, I'll, uh, I'll tell you more about another failed football experience for me, myself, and I. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> all right, we're back. Uh, all right, Michelle, this is this is sad. We don't need to be... We don't need to dwell on this too much. Um, but I've had another failed football experience that I need to share with, uh, with the people that listen to this podcast. They don't listen to it to hear me. They listen to it to hear Steve... Uh, and now yourself. Uh, so they're um, they're going to have to endure this. It is a podcast, so they can obviously turn it off, I guess. But um, <laughs> I went up to Canada for all of six days, and now I'm back here in Salt Lake City. And it's the second time in my life that I've signed a professional football contract only for it to be ripped up and shredded within a very short amount of time. So I don't know what's next, and um, I don't know where to go from here. But uh, the Cliff Notes version of this story goes like this. At Pro Day, which you were at. Yes. You were with KSL at the time. No. Oh. I so Tom. So we were I was like a week away from joining. So like the paperwork had been signed, but I was actually still with Ute Zone at uh, that point. Secretive. Secretive. Okay, so I, I went so <laughs> Covey called me a week before Pro Day said, Hey, I need you to kick for me. I said, You're kidding, I haven't kicked the ball in five years. He said, I need you to come. I said, All right, let's go. I go down to Pro Day, kick for Covey. You know, there were like, what, 29 teams there, 28, 29 NFL teams. I think they said 29. 29. There were, there were two teams that did not show up. Yeah. And um, and I had a cracking day. Like, I hit the ball really well, far better than I could have ever um, ever had, had, had have hoped for. So I call my coach in Australia, tell him about the day. He starts laughing hysterically. He said, there's a global draft coming up. Do you want to throw your name in? I said, let me speak to the miso, speak to the miso. She says, go for it. I say, go for it. And then don't hear anything for about three weeks. All of a sudden, my phone starts ringing, Michelle, and it's these Canadian teams like, hey, I see your name in the draft. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, I don't really know. Uh, But I kick a ball every now and again. I feel pretty good. They're like, awesome. Day of the draft, 10.15, phone rings. Mike O'Shea, who I guess is like a CFL legend, head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, go Bombers, says, we picked you up with the sixth overall pick. I said, you're kidding. Told my (laughs) wife she was in a meeting. We both panicked. You know, like, when do you need me? Ninth of May. I'm like, good. My uh, my 30th is on the 10th. Mum and dad are flying in from Australia for it, but I guess I'll I'll be in the peg. So I go up there, medicals on the 9th. No, sorry, get in on the 9th, medicals on the 10th. So I spent my, my 30th staring at the ceiling, twiddling my thumbs. Practice started on the 11th, went through to the 13th, I believe. 
and then they couldn't get a CBA done. The the CFL Players Association and the and the league couldn't get an agreement sorted. So we went on strike at twelve oh one. We just bang like that was it. And I'm like, what are we doing? Why did you bring us up here if we're just going to go on strike? This is asinine. It makes no sense. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm out of here. And it, and I don't tell anybody besides a you know a long snapper that was with me at rookie minicamp and and a kicker. Who was there? And they were like, Tom, you can't leave. Nobody's leaving. I'm like, I'm leaving, man. I don't know when I'm going to see mum and dad again. They're in Salt Lake City. I've got nothing to do. We're staying at the University of Manitoba. I'm surrounded by 18-year-olds in a <laughs> shoebox of a door. I don't even have a television. Oh, no. I know. It's horrible. And I can't watch <laughs> anything because it's all different, right? So, like, I try watching the NBA playoffs and my streaming service doesn't work because I'm in a different country. So, anyway, it was chaos. So, I get on a flight. Everybody's still up there, and um, and I don't know when I'm going back. So long story short, uh, this podcast will continue if the league doesn't return. And if the league doesn't return, by the way, I think the CFL's folding, so it's never coming back. That is wild. If the CFL returns, I'll probably end up going back to Canada, and this will have to go on hold. You, in the meantime, I'm sure will start your own Utah podcast that will generate far more downloads than this ever has, and everything will be just fine. But you I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to inform the, uh, the Utah fans that do listen to this that uh, if you don't see episodes coming out uh, in the near future, you know why. But I, I have loved and appreciated all of you guys for listening, and I, I thank you a ton. In the meantime, you'll be serviced by uh, a far better journalist <laughs> in Michelle Bodkin. Oh, well, thank you for no, the kind words. You know what? I absolutely sympathize with your situation. It sounds so much like my time in the AAF. Oh, yeah. Okay, Stallions. <laughs> yes. Poor, poor Stallions. Uh, lots, lots of people uprooted. Yeah. Uh, nowhere to go. Far from home. Disaster. Not sure if we were actually going to start up again or not. Yeah. It was great. Great times. Yeah. Good old uh, second-tier football, I guess. I, you know, yeah. The NFL <laughs> reigns supreme once again. So, um, uh, To Nate Wade Subaru, thank you a ton for uh, sponsoring the show. It's been like, uh, it's got to have been about three years, I reckon. Maybe even wow. four years that they've been on board. They've been loyal, loyal uh, clients of ours. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. 2107 South Main Street is their address. You can do everything online, natewade.com. You've heard me say it a thousand times. There's a reason so many uh, Subarus are on the road here in, in, in Utah. And, of course, don't be so silly. Go check out Michelle on Twitter, at Bodkin KSL Sports. Myself, at Tom Can't Hack It. Say hi to your mum for me, and hopefully I see you soon.